0: Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message. I am excited about this series because joy is a virtue that God wants you to have. Joy is something we've been talking about that you can choose no matter what kind of season you go through in fact the core scripture that we've been um using at the top of each message to remind us of just how much joy god wants us to have is actually at the birth scene of jesus christ it's in bethlehem and the angels um appear to a bunch of shepherds in the field and they say this they said check this out they said i bring you good news that will bring say those next two words great joy to some people to a few people to a select few people who seem like spark plugs and they always got joy even when i don't know where they get that joy from no he said i bring you great news that will bring great joy to all people this is not a pill this is a person this is not a moment this is not a a a a a passing experience this is a perpetual joy That comes in the good news of Jesus Christ. And and, and the angel said, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born. And if he has been born bringing the greatest joy, then no matter what season we go through, we too can have the joy that he brings with his name. Hope has a name. His name is Yeah, I I didn't know if you were going to do it in song or not, you know what I'm saying? But I'm so grateful (laughs) you had the right answer. Come on, would you? I'm going to preach a message this morning called Desert's Blooming. Desert's Blooming. I want to pray over it. Father, God, I submit myself to you. I pray that my voice would be your voice. I pray that we would hear your words, and we thank you that your word never returns void. So write your word upon our heart that we might not sin against you. Also, we want to receive everything that you died to give us. And so, Father, help us to receive what's ours through your name, that joy would be something that we could choose. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone who agrees with that, sit. Amen. Amen. Have you ever gotten into a dark emotional place? I mean, sure, sure, we all have, right? We've all experienced those times where work was too much. Um, maybe I, I'm feeling like I'm in a dead end at work. Maybe you got more month and money, come on. <laughs> um, the, the the marriage bed isn't, or, or just a marriage period isn't as hot as it used to be. You're not necessarily clicking. Maybe your kids are not listening. Somebody help me, <laughs> Jesus, come on. Um, Maybe you've lost a loved one, and there are a number of things that cause us to go through seasons of life that are harder to find joy than others, and I know many in here are experiencing your best life right now. Come on, you you got joy going on, and we celebrate that, and I I love it when you go through seasons like that, and others are going through seasons of life where it's... uh, The clouds aren't as colorful as they used to be. Um, There's not as much purpose in each new morning. And some of us haven't seen joy in a long time. It feels like we've gone through a desert of joy. It seems like, when can I get a drink of joy again? When can I get a lift again? And my hope today is that you would get a lift in Jesus Christ because you can find joy. Now let me set up the context of this message by first saying this. Many of y'all know that I got to go, uh, I got to fulfill a dream. It was on my short-term bucket list to go to Israel, and I recently got to do that. I'm I'm so pumped. How many of y'all are excited that the global traveling gates are opening back up again? Come on. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, I'm telling you, many of y'all were like, it's going to be dangerous over there in Israel. I felt more safe there than anywhere else. Um, I, I, I I just thought it was awesome to walk in the land and to learn a lot about what happened in biblical times, Israel, as well as modern day and how we can partner with them. And God calls us to pray for Jerusalem. And, and and I learned so much. Um, I also want to give you a heads up that it's always been a part of my wife and I's heart we've been in ministry since before we knew each other and and my wife and I have always had for for 20 years we've been doing ministry and and global missions is a part of what we're called to do God tells us to serve Jerusalem meaning our own hometown uh, Judea and Samaria take the message beyond your hometown and to the uttermost parts of the earth in other words God wants them all and, and we're called to live for so much more than just ourselves and get in mine and uh, was this message feeding me or did they play the right song or that song's a little old. I'm kind of glad they brought it back or I'm not so glad they brought it back. Whatever your theology is, uh, uh, we're called to take it as far as we possibly can. And we've always wanted to uh, build a church that uh, offers global opportunities because it transforms lives. So. Next month, I'm going to be going to Belize in Central America, where we are starting an ongoing partnership there where we're going to spread the gospel through feeding centers and a local church there. And I cannot wait. So, here's what it's going to look like going forward that annually we hope to lead missions trips to Belize, a uh, short term, uh, a little lower cost investment. It's a little bit closer to home, maybe not as many days. And then every other year or so, we want to lead trips to Israel so if you want to go on the mission field tell your neighbor get ready get ready get ready come on start saving up I believe God's going to enlarge your dreams and show you greater purpose when you take it even beyond um, uh, the, the city we live in and just start investing in others and I promise you oftentimes you think you're going over there to bless people and you find they are blessing me And they are shaping me. I love taking people on mission trips. So get ready. I'd love for you to come with me. Um, But here's one thing I learned in Israel. I learned so many things. But here's one that I want to focus on today to set the scope of the message. Um, Isaiah 35 says this. Thirsty deserts will be glad. I I went into the Judean desert in Israel. It's hot. (laughs) It's rocky. There's not much going on. Uh, We're driving through in an AC bus, praise the Lord. You know, you're just like, all right, you can keep on driving. Um, Because we're in a hot desert. But this is speaking about a land in Israel. But I also want to submit that it's speaking to your heart today. Maybe you've had an emotional desert you've been going through lately. Listen to the word and all the joy that's found in this scripture. Thirsty deserts will be glad barren lands will celebrate and blossom with flowers come on my soul (laughs) let it happen deserts will bloom everywhere and sing joyful songs someone say yes lord yes lord yeah come on I I feel like some of y'all were getting the gospel shake going on a little left to right action maybe even having to pull the pants up afterward because I've been getting my praise on can I get an amen Listen, we're going to sing joyful songs. They will, be, they will be as majestic as Mount Lebanon. I'm like, okay, as glorious as Mount Carmel or Sharon Valley. Now, hold up. I went to Mount Carmel when I was in Israel. Mount Carmel is where Elijah took on a thousand false prophets, and they had a showdown about whose God would light the bonfire first. I was there. It was a beautiful, lush mountainside then a day later I drove through the Judean deserts it was not lush (laughs) it was not it was not full of growth and yet maybe this is a standard too high that God is prophetically speaking over the desert but listen to this verse 3 here's a message for all who are weak know anybody who's emotionally weak Know anybody who's going through a difficult desert of a time? Here's a message for all who are trembling and worried: Cheer up! The blind will see, the ears of the deaf will be heard. Am I the only one getting excited? Those who hear, uh, those who were lame, will leap around like deer. Tongues once silent and in despair will shout for joy. Water will rush. Through the desert. You might be saying, Pastor Drew, I might not be getting a parallel just yet. Well, let me show you. One of my pictures I took from our our bus as we drove through the Judean desert. It will magically appear any moment now. It's coming. And and there it is. Listen, look, there is a desert. It's not a sandy desert. It's a it's a It's a rocky desert and it's hot and we're traveling through. And then they said, if you will look to your right at the lush palm trees and the oases that God is cultivating on a desert land. Come on, I'm telling you, in Israel, there are deserts that are blooming. In other words... God is saying that I will do whatever I said I will do. Even in a land that you're like, there's no point in believing this could happen. God does it anyway. And if he says, my deserts will bloom, then he will also fulfill when he says, I'll give you great joy too. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, Jesus brings good news that brings great joy. And no matter your emotional state, no matter the seasons you go through, you can have your emotional desert bloom too. Can I get an amen? I'm ready to preach this morning. Who's ready to go with me? Through this series, we've been sharing with you ways for you through the Bible to learn how to get your joy back, to choose joy no matter what. On week one, I talked about the the gift of praise, and so we've been praising a little bit more lately. How many of y'all have been appreciating, come on, getting your your jump on? I don't care if it's a vertical uh, pogo stick or a little left-right swing, come on, you know what I'm saying? You tell your neighbor, give me some room, I need a bigger base here so that I can go ahead and just get my left or right going either way I gotta get my praise on because it's bringing joy I'm trading my sorrow because though weeping may last for a night there's joy comes in the morning hope has a name his name's Jesus and he gives me reason to praise and then last week uh Pastor Aaron did a phenomenal job as I listened in and he talked about the gift of gratitude and spending time with Jesus and Can we be grateful right now one more time for our dream team? Come on. I am so grateful for you. Make it loud so that he can hear it in the children's ministry. And our greeters out in the hall who's still out there greeting people. No matter how late it it may be because, well, I'm I'm so grateful for them um, that I'm so grateful many of y'all enjoyed the the, the free coffee on us we gave all week long because you are amazing. You truly make the team a dream and so this church is so much more than just a a few key leaders or priests or pastors. I'm telling you it's a body of Christ making up living stones and that's why we want you to join our dream team because God's got gifts in you too and they are going to bless some people as you use them to build the kingdom of God and, and I, I'm pumped about that and so um, last week was gratitude a- a- and this week I want to speak about I hope you're ready got your notes you got your notebook out if not open up your smartphone do the smartest thing you can do is take notes about Jesus <laughs> I, I'm biased okay it, I, actually it's true uh, three relationships that make your deserts blue I want to preach today Three relationships that make your deserts bloom. And speaking about relationships reminds me of a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke I once heard. As the collective grunts, come on, we know you. We know you love it. Come on, you, you, you might. You might. Say some things behind my back, but you, you know, you like the Boudreaux and Thibodeaux. Boudreaux and Thibodeaux are just two um, good hearted Cajun boys from Louisiana. And um, Thibodeaux's driving past Boudreaux's house one day, and he sees a sign out by his ditch that says, Boat for Sale. Thibodeau pulls his car over and he says, Boudreaux, he knocks on his door. He says, Boudreaux, how long have we been friends? And Boudreaux says, All of our lives. And he said, Thibodeau said, then tell me, when did you get a boat? I didn't know you had a boat. Boudreau said, I don't have a boat. And Thibodeau said, then why is there a sign by your ditch that says boat for sale? And Boudreau goes, oh, 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 oh." man, I tell you what, you see that 72 Ford pick them up over there? And he said, yeah, I see that Ford pick them up over there. He said, you see that 76 Chevrolet sedan over there? He said, yeah, I see the sedan. He said, the sign's there because boat for sale. (laughs) All right, come on. All right, just just an opportunity to tell about Boudreaux and Thibodeau and having good friendships. Here's the punchline, as good or bad as it is. How many of y'all got relationships and friends who know if you own a boat or not? Oh, I know it's a stretch, but here's what I'm trying to say. Relationships bring great joy, and if they don't, then Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes make. <laughs> Listen, three relationships that bring great joy that I want you to write down is number one this the joy in friendships. Tell your neighbor, make room. No, come on now, help me preach today. Tell your neighbor, make room. Even if you're at the ball field or on vacation, tell them make room. They think you mean scoot over a little bit. No, I'm saying we got to make room in our lives for friendships. It's so easy to neglect the friendships we have or even worse, to, to deny new friendships from ever forming. Matthew 24 verse 12 says this, A sign of the end times will be that the love of many... Will grow cold. In other words, I want a world that's all about me, myself, and I. In our nation, we are moving from we, we the people, we the United States of America, we together will do it to me. What are you doing for me? What about what I want? And it, we're moving from we to me, and it's not giving us the fulfillment we had hoped for. Listen, God says that in the end times, the sign that the world's coming to an end will be when your love for many will grow cold. You'll say, I don't have need for new relationships. I got mine. I don't have room for you. Jesus, when he started his ministry, would show up to complete strangers and say, Follow me. Can I get into your boat? What if they had the same temperament or the same um, stance that many of us have that say, I got my fishermen buddies. I don't have room for you in my boat. I don't have room for you in my life. They would have missed out on one of the greatest joys in their entire life, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And some of God's greatest gifts of joy comes from being in relationships. Listen to this. Hebrews 13 says this, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. And some of you are like, the best way I knew how to love my brothers and sisters was to close the door, lock them out, and make sure they can never get in. Come on, that's not what he's talking about here. He says, make sure you keep on loving your brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to, who's this word? Strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Who knows if the next person in your life, which you might think I don't have room for you, ends up being the greatest blessing in your life. Who knows if they don't end up being the greatest source of joy in your life. Who knows if they don't bring the greatest source of purpose in your life. I I, I deal with this too. Even at this Israel trip, they they were like, do you want to go? And I was like, heck, yeah, I want to go. I've been wanting to go for a long time. Who's going? And I knew one person out of 25 people on this trip. This trip's full of lead pastors and ministry leaders from all across the nation. And I thought, well, if I don't like the rest of them, at least I'll have one friend. <laughs> Come on, you know, what I, you know what I mean? Some of you are like, I ain't going if I don't know people. <laughs> what if it goes bad? All my introverts, where are you at? You know, you can resonate. You know what I found? Every single time I put myself out there, every single time I risk new relationships, I find that I am more blessed than had I just packed it in and said, no, thank you. Come on, I now have ministry friends all across the nation that I can reach out to and I have shared experiences with. And many of us might be going through a busy season at work or a lot of stuff happening with the family and we have neglected friendships that we desperately need. I love my wife. Sometimes I just need to go kick a soccer ball with somebody else and my wife's not interested in kicking the soccer ball. (laughs) Come on. I don't want to compete against my wife. I want to compete with some friends and just kick it. And so we need some friendships in our lives. This is why I can't endorse enough the dream team. Our dream team is more than just a group of people who say, I'll help turn a movie theater into a church. No, 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 no. Our dream team is more about relationships that connect us over building the kingdom of God together. And that's why you need to join our dream team. It's not because that we're, we're just like, please, sir. No, 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 no. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And I find that the greatest source of joy and fulfillment is using the gifts God has given me to build the kingdom of God and be a part of something bigger than myself. Can I get some amens? When the alarm goes off at 4.45 a.m. on a Sunday morning after I'm seven hours jet lagged, can I tell you I still have joy in my heart? Because I know that in just an hour, I'm going to be with other like-minded people who are going to move stage panels with me, who are going to brew coffee. Praise the brew coffeeers, Brew coffeeers. Come on. That's a new shirt. Praise the brew coffee. It's not grammatically correct, but we all say hallelujah. Come on. You know, like, like we're about to be with people who serve our kids and teach them the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's why I want to encourage you. It's time for you to join the team too. It's not so much what you do for me. It's not what you do for me in the country. That's not. Okay, sorry. I did my best. I've been through some museums, okay? I don't. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, you find joy in new relationships. Who knows if a closed heart to new relationships isn't a closed heart to a gift from God? One of the things we did while we were in Israel is they took us to a Holocaust museum. It's heavy when you're in a land who's occupied by Jewish people and they've gone through the the most vile, darkest time era in history. Persecuted is is not strong enough of a word. And you're walking through and you're understanding how humans can do this to one another because we're human, we're broken, we are attacked. Come on, this is all the last message series we went through. But, uh, and one of the things that they took us to is a Holocaust survivor, is we got a private meeting. With a a lovely lady. Her name was uh, Ledja Leichtenstein. I probably butchered the name, but she was such an amazing lady. I put up a picture right there of uh, me getting, uh, she signed a book, and she she signed her book that's about having five different mothers, and she signed it to uh, Gianna's name first because we have six, uh, we have three girls, not six. It was not prophetic of the devil no not just <laughs> <that>. <laughs> listen <laughs> three girls our youngest one is six and um she started telling the story show the next picture of when she had to leave her biological mother at six years old because the war broke out and german troops um uh, uh, ra- uh um, rallied them all into a church, and they had guns, and she can't even remember her biological mother's name or face. She was so young. But she described how they were in such fear, and they and, and her and her brothers clung to her mother. She said, What do you do when you're scared? You cling to your mother. And so she remembers clinging to her mother, but there was a door, a side door that was barely cracked open. And when she looked out the door, she saw a stranger of a man waving her to run to her. And she said, What would cause a six-year-old girl who's scared to let go of their safety blanket of their mother and run? And she said, said i remember i don't it had to have been a nudge from god maybe maybe my mother let go of me maybe my mother pushed me but god's hand must have been on me and i ran to the stranger of a man and she never saw her mother or brothers again they lost their lives in concentration camps her life was spared and that man brought her to her dad and then her dad knew that the genders would be separated and, and he could not hide her as, as a boy. So he he, he he asked the teacher to take care of his daughter as they went to a female uh, concentration camp. And, and she said, that was my second mother, though I can't remember her name. She took care of me and she provided for me. Uh, uh, she, she eventually got to a point where the British liberated the concentration camp she was in and she was free. She didn't know who she belonged to. She didn't know who's where to go or where to live anymore. And she had a friend her age, so she went with her who had another sister and a mother. And they were moving to America, and they got all their visas, and they got all their passports. And right before they were about to leave, one of the sisters dies. And she says this, the mother turned to me in her grief and said, would you like to become our daughter in her place? And her words me when she said, I always wanted to be somebody's daughter. I saw the whole thing through my six-year-old's eyes, and I know that if I was ever separated, and if I know that I ever went through that, I'd want some Christian people to open up their lives to new friendships, open up their lives to new opportunities. Come on, can I be real up in church? A lot of Christians want Roe v. Wade to be overturned, but are you ready to adopt? If you don't want any more abortions to happen. You get what I mean? Like we have to be ready to open up our lives to new friendships. Even when we say, I got my three and no more. I got my circle. Hope you figure it out. You know what hurts a lot of people is not that they get turned off by God, but they go to churches where they have Christian cliques. And these people no longer have room for me. And therefore, they say, I hope you figure it out. I got mine figured out. I can't endorse enough. You got to join small groups. You got to open up your lives to new friendships. And if you've been neglecting friendships, it's time to put some stock back into that. Can I tell you that the number one thing that keeps people in church, listen, parents who don't want their kids walking away, it is not good preaching. It's not good worship. The number one thing is community. You want to know what the number one thing or one of the top things that people resist in church? When a leader goes, let's all get in small groups and talk about our feelings together. And people go, no, thank you. (laughs) It's small group time. Let's get in a small group. And you're like, I can do without that. Let me tell you something. You need it. Your spouse needs it. And your kids need community. I'll bring you as best of a message as I possibly can, and our other pastors are phenomenal, and they do a great job preaching. And Our worship team, I think, is world-class. I love what's going on, but you need community. And so one of the joys is joy and friendship. Number two, the second joy that uh, blooms deserts is the joy in family. Have you lost the fun in your family? We could go through seasons of life where other things pull at us and it's really difficult. And we think about the, the, the job reports that have to go out and, 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 and the progress I'm making over here. Or we might focus on certain friendships or what my sports team is doing. And you might miss out on your family who is right there. Come on. We need to regain the joy that's in our family. Ultimately, the gospel is a family story. God is our father. We call him Abba, father. He grafts those who choose him into the tree called the family of God. Come on. And we too have to build strong families who learn that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But you can't do that if your house don't really want to roll with you. Your house doesn't really feel seen by you. Your house doesn't feel enjoyed by you. I could go through seasons where other things take my efforts or or, or take my focus, and I want to return to you the attention, the time, the focus, the energy on the family. If that's what gets your, uh, if that's what sparks your life, I'm gonna get into that even if that's not what I wanna do. Come on, family, kids, grandkids, we got to be about this. If all that I reach is my family, I have completed a most important kingdom assignment. Can I say that again? If all that I reach is my family, I have completed a most important kingdom assignment. I'm not saying that's all God's got for you, but I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. The house. Men, are you leading well? Men. Are you gathering people to the house of the Lord and then gathering people to your house and loving to come home? Man, you can help lead in this way. Come on. One of the experiences they took us to is a Shabbat dinner with a Jewish family. In other words, a Shabbat is kind of like a Sunday for a Christian, but it's on a Friday night for a Jewish people. And one of the things they do is they turn all technology off for 24 hours. And they sat us at a table and they sang songs about their faith. And then, the thing that touched me the most, is they begin to all sing and bless Proverbs 31, speaking it over the mother of the house. As the husband leads the way, blessing his wife. And as the kids bless their mother. And then when that's done, come on, I'm trying to help a husband out, come on. It might go well for you, right? Some of you are like, Shabbat Shalom, baby. Okay, listen you're like what was that scripture proverbs 31 all right all right bless bless your wife all right and then the two of them got up and they spoke blessings and laid their hands on their kids how do i restore the joy in my family why don't you begin by praying for them every night don't let them go to sleep without praying for them one thing that I found vi- felt victim to is as they get a certain age, you might think, well, I-, I prayed the same prayer and it's redundant and I don't know what to say. Bless them anyway. My wife and I have always blessed our kids at a young age and we are blessing our kids um, on the regular and we're not always getting it right, but can I tell you, bless your kids. Bless your spouse. Don't let it just be a silent prayer. Prayed for you. <laughs> Get courageous enough to say, come here, I want to bless you out loud. I want to speak life into you, and I want to thank God for you. Come on, bless your family. Shabbat shalom. Come on, man. And number three, the relationship that brings the most joy is the joy in Jesus. Come on, I can't preach a whole message and not tell you about the greatest relationship of all time. The relationship that I thought would steal my joy and end my life as I became some sort of Christian monk if I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And nothing was further from the truth when I realized this. Come on, Psalms 4 verse 7 says, You have put more joy in my heart. Somebody say, more joy. joy. You have put more joy in my heart than they have. When their grain and wine abound, come on, guy in the newlyweds up in the house, Pastor Aaron is up in Maine, he just officiated a wedding of a young couple in our church, we give it up for Tyler Banning and his wife Samantha, come on, new family in the house, listen, but listen, when you're newlyweds, sometimes you're like, there is no vacation Unless daddy gets a paycheck and offers to take us somewhere or feed us tonight, we eat tonight. Because my parents invited me over. Come on. This is how my wife and I were, right? We, were, we weren't making very much. And you don't think, if you think that brings joy, the Bible says God brings more joy than any promotion, any hookup, any favor. Any affirmation from somebody else, any acknowledgment, any promotion, for God provides more joy. He's not the enemy of your joy. He's the giver of great joy. Talk with him every day. Meet with him every day. Read his word every day and let it bring joy to your life. Hope has a name. His name's Jesus, and as you get close to him, that hope is going to build joy in your life. Proverbs seventeen twenty says, those who trust in the Lord will be, help me out. Come on. You got to hold on to the anchor of trust in our Lord. That no relationship is going to be hotter and spend more time, deep intimacy is going to happen first and foremost with Jesus Christ. I'm not going to neglect this relationship. In fact, write this down. A Christian who ignores the virtue of joy is not giving God full access. That might cut. That might cut a little bit. And I'm not minimizing the season you've gone through. You might think, Pastor, the the audacity to say something like that. I have been through difficult seasons. And I want to tell you that when you have the anchor of joy, you give access to God. I can remember being a youth pastor and seeing Christians like, another bad day. And I thought, geez, how many people are you winning in the kingdom with that kind of personality? Because my Savior trades mourning dancing he trades sorrow for joy and i'm not minimizing what you're going through but i am telling you you can still choose joy no matter what can i get an amen can we celebrate god real quick i was in the garden of gethsemane just a few days ago where jesus asked his disciples to pray it was his last night it was where he got arrested he just asked them to pray and i came across a sign on the wall that cut a little bit and it simply said this and the disciples forsook him and fled I realize guys you and I are just as capable of forsaking him and flee when we say I don't have time I got to get the email out I don't have time I got to get the kids on the bus I don't have time I haven't got to sleep in all week long, and Sundays is my time to do that. Come on. Listen, I'm just saying that we, too, can be just as much guilty of forsaking Jesus, minimizing it, neglecting it, not making room for it, and it erodes our joy. There was not one disciple who was proud of his actions that day as he forsook Jesus Christ. And I think that you feel the same way, too, that when I spend time with Jesus, I find an inner joy that can't be stolen by any boss, any leader, any world power, any world news, any situation. Come on, I still got my joy. And I want you to have it, too. Can I close and wrap this all up in a bow? God spoke this to me last night. I got pumped because he just tied it all together. The greatest joy you'll ever receive is when you bring a friend or a family member into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, I just tied one, two, and three together. Actually, the Holy Spirit does, and it was masterful. Come on, I'm just like, wow, come on. Listen, I can't make this stuff up. The greatest joy, have you ever gotten the opportunity to lead a friend or family member into, out of their shame, out of their guilt, out of their oppression out of their prison into a life-saving relationship with jesus christ who turns them upside down gives them new life takes the blindfold off their eyes and gives them purpose and great joy have you ever had that experience if you have not I want to ask you to start praying for it because God wants to use you through the power of the Holy Spirit to put people in your mind that you can say, I want you to come to church with me. I want you to read this word with me. I want you to let me pray with you because I don't want anything from you. I want the greatest relationship for you. I want you to have freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. So how about we get out from under the shame and oppression? I know you messed up, but God's going to make you into a new person. Can I get an amen up in here? I've asked God at the beginning of this year, would you use me to reach two or three people who don't know Jesus? And I'm not talking about from a pulpit. I'm talking about people that I invite to Jesus. And I've been inviting people from gas stations, Walmart, ball fields. I've been using these invite cards, and I say, let me invite you to the greatest relationship in your whole entire life. He'll make everything make sense. I want to encourage you to do that, too. There is nothing greater than when I lead a friend to Jesus Christ, I promise you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray over you. God, I just want to stop and take a moment and speak to you about how good your word is is so powerful that you want to bring life to us, you don't don't leave us in despair you don't leave us in the deserts though our people walk through the desert though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will not fear for you are with us God and and Father I was there where David wrote that psalm and it was a blooming desert in the middle of a desert it was an oasis with streams of life giving water and Father I pray that streams would, would, would breach and break out into every single heart in this room, every single person listening online whether they're on vacation in their cubicle right now if they're I I feel like God said stop there's some who might be on vacation right now and you're not finding the joy in your family you're wondering when you can go home why you have to spend time with certain people in the family you the father and the son aren't clicking but the God says God says this, that I will return the hearts of their father to their children. I will return the hearts of their son to their fathers. And so, Father, I pray restoration in families right now, Father God, that you would heal up families in Jesus' name. And there will be joy again. Where there's despair, where there's turmoil, where there's fighting, I speak life. I say, God sees you. He says, give it another go. Give it another go and let God be in the midst of it where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Let them in there. I believe for turnaround. I believe for new friendships that bring life. You know, I never finished a story about the Holocaust survivor. You know, her name didn't stay. Uh, uh, her name didn't stay that. Her last adopted family, they changed her name to Reina, which means joy. And I loved hearing the joy that was in her heart even though she went through the worst darkest of times that many of us will never go through god i pray a reina over every single emotional spirit right now a joy a flood that wells up on the inside in the name of jesus christ i pray before anyone opens their eyes or looks up i just know some of you are not right with god and you maybe are like me back in 2002 when I was wrestling with God. I knew I wasn't right. I definitely didn't want to appear before God that day because I, I didn't know if I'd end up in heaven or hell. And I knew I had done some things I was ashamed of. But I worried that I would have to turn into some sort of Christian monk praying a rosary all the time. I'm just keeping it real. That's what I thought. I thought my world's going to be over. No one's going to want to be with me. I'm not going to have very much fun going live in isolation and weirdness and then i was reminded you have put more joy in my heart than they have when things were going right and the grain and the wine abounded come on i'm here to tell you that god wants to hook you up he wants to restore purpose restore what the enemy tried to take from you connect you with the family of God give you a place to belong and give you a purpose to fulfill Father in this place all who are not right with you I pray your Holy Spirit draw them to you and right now if you feel like today is your day whether it's the first time or the 31st time with no one looking around I won't call you forward or embarrass you but you know that today's the day would you just throw up your hand and say I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ real quickly throw it high up into the sky right now and say that's me today yes I see your Hand. yes I see your hand come on I see your hand I see so many hands online just write I'm in come on come on write four letters I'm in come on and, and, and give your life to Jesus because today is the day of your salvation I'm excited for you come on it's going to be amazing we're going to trade our sorrows for joy so I'm going to ask the whole church to pray along with you raise your hand because Romans 10 9 says if you believe in your heart Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. So as a whole church, we say, say it out loud. Jesus, I give you my life. I'm a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done some dumb things. And I know I've hurt you. I know I've fallen short of who you created me to be. But I thank you for salvation. I thank you for a new day. I believe in Jesus as the son of God, he died on the cross in my place, was beaten, crushed, bruised, and bled for my sin so that I could be set free. Thank you, Jesus. I receive forgiveness. I am a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. Help me to live for you and honor you all my days in Jesus name and the church said